0: Love Talk Radio Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show
1: It was a very good year For small town girls And soft summer nights We'd hide from the light On the village green When I was seventeen Twenty-one. It was a very good year. It was a very good year for city girl who
0: lived up the stair with all that perfumed hair.
1: When I was 35. Good afternoon everybody and happy new year. It's going to be a great year. You are tuned in to the most unique, most elite, most complete radio show in the land, the inside acting radio show. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I am your gracious host from the East Coast, William Powell. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let me remind you to uh, check out my column, D.C. Actors Examiner, most easily found by Googling D.C. Actors Examiner. I've got an article out there right now about Tico Wells, who played Anthony Choir Boy Stone in The Five Heartbeats. And Tico's a pretty cool dude. He's going to be on the show actually January 8th. That's next week. So we're really looking forward to that. We've got an exciting roster of guests coming on this year. We've got uh, Brian Dragonuck, who is a not only a local actor, but he's also really one of the guys that's got a really big job board here in the area for area actors, and he's been active and on the scene for many years. He'll be on the 16th. And we have Miss United States 2013, Candice Diller. She's going to be on the show on the 23rd. But today's guest is legendary actor Eric Braden, who has acted in movies like Titanic, Colossus, The Forbin Project, 100 Rifles, and TV shows like Mary Tyler Moore, Mannix, and Mission Impossible. He executive produced and starred in The Man Who Came Back, a southern-style western, Eric has the highest TVQ score in daytime TV. He's won a People's Choice Award for a Favorite Actor in a Daytime Drama Series for his character of Victor Newman. He's won an Emmy. He's won a Star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Eric has been a superb athlete. He excelled in track and field events, uh, also including uh, discus and javelin. His athletic skills won him a scholarship to Montana State University. And in 1973, he won the U.S. National Soccer Championship for the Los Angeles Maccabees. And, you know, this being his third time on the show, I know he's a fan of sports, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So let me bring in the man with the master plan, my man, Eric Braden. Hey, Eric, how the hell are you?
0: Hey, what's going on, my man? What's happening
1: Man, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling yes. great. happy new year to you, or as they say in
0: Germany, Glückliches Neues Jahr. Glückliches Neues Jahr. That's right. Pretty <laughs> difficult to pronounce, <laughs> I- isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of a
1: tongue twister.
0: How's right. the weather
1: out there in
0: uh, in it's L.A., beautiful. man? How's
1: the weather out there?
0: Beautiful. Howling? Beautiful. Oh, great. Blue skies. Yeah. Is beautiful. I must say it's almost embarrassing. <laughs> where, are you, where are you located?
1: I'm in. I'm in D C and there's oh, like uh three inches of snow. Oh yeah. Boy. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, it's like Whoa. Yeah, you can only imagine, yeah. It's cold out there too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, what's good tell me, what's going on?
1: I Not know you're a big going fan on sports. Of the,
0: Huh?
1: Yeah, I know you're a big yeah, I know you're a big fan of the NFL. what's uh, your yeah. top three favorite quarterbacks in the league?
0: Uh Uh, Peyton Manning, um, I have to say Tom Brady, and um, well, I was hoping RG3, but I think he was whatever happened back there in Washington, I have no idea, Um, I think he was fed to the Lions, but I'm not sure what happened, certainly the promise was enormous. Well, I think Drew Brees is is a fantastic quarterback. And then, of course, what's the guy from the Panthers? um, um, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Yeah, Cam Newton. Yeah. Has a lot of promise. But when it comes to seasoned quarterbacks, uh, number one is Peyton Manning to me. And uh, Tom Brady, obviously, you know, pulls things out in the last
1: minute of games.
0: I mean, he is incredible. And when you I remember seeing a documentary about him, And it's just, he was the least likely to succeed of all the guys they drafted. I think he was drafted 196. And um, look what happened. It's extraordinary.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, you you can't really measure the human heart. You know, the determination and will. That's right. Exactly. Absolutely. But Manning, I have enormous
0: respect for because the guy had serious neck surgery, and then to come back and be this prolific and this fantastic, and my head off. You know, I, I I admire that enormously. Yeah,
1: yeah, he uh, yeah, set a record, set a record for touchdowns.
0: That's right, 51.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So now, list your top three coaches in the NFL?
0: Oh, my God. Uh, I one <laughs> would have to... One would have to point to Belichick as as one of them. Uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy! Beyond that, I, I I I really am reluctant to to put my finger on that. I would say that Rivera from the Panthers obviously um, had them come back. It didn't look good at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, beyond that, I really don't know. I, I don't pay too much attention to coaches. Uh, mm. That's the one thing about the game I don't like: is all the coaching mm. staff. For Christ's sake, they've got coaches up their ass. I mean, sitting up in the booth and with microphones and cameras and and, and it's it's. I would love to see, as it is the case in soccer, let him play, uh, let him play, defense and offense mm-hmm. both, the entire 60 minutes. Stay on the field. None of this, uh specialty units on the field. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 I want to see what right. they do when their tongue hangs out, and I want to see what decisions they make. That's why I love quarterbacks like Brett, Brett Favreau and people like that who make up their own minds and who make, who make their own calls. I just find that part of the game mm, something I've never really liked, although, I must say, it's a built-in drama for television. It's the best game ever invented for television, because every time—oh, absolutely! Stop, every time a game stops and you prepare a new play, you know there's there's excitement. So, uh, but I don't like the interference of coaches. I really don't. I can't stand it. Nor can I stand it in basketball. What's that bullshit? That D'Antoni getting off the bench trying to coach the Lakers? It's a joke. <laughs> you understand? It's an absolute joke. Do you think the players listen to yeah, that particularly? No, they don't.
1: No. Nope.
0: It's a ritual they all go through because they need commercial breaks. Again, right. I want to see what <laughs> players do on their own, how they make up their minds. They're getting paid millions of dollars. They should make up their own minds, how to run plays. Exactly, exactly. It's ridiculous. Anyway, there you are. That's my opinion.
1: <laughs> now, this is a debate I have with my dad, uh, who do you think was better, Jim Brown or Walter Payton? Oh boy
0: um, oh boy! Um, I know Jim, I know Jim personally we you know I did a film together, haven't talked to him for a long time um, i oh boy, I don't have the statistics in front of me right now. uh Walter Payton was incredible. But Jim Brown was incredible. So I honestly don't know. I would have to talk to someone who is a bit more knowledgeable about the statistics. I can't say. No, I can't say. Obviously, Jim Brown was incredible. And uh, we did a film together shortly after he retired from the Cleveland Browns. And uh, what an athlete. So um, nothing but respect for him. Walter Payton, I never knew him. Um, uh, he ran for the Chicago Bears, right? Yeah, yeah, incredible. Um, you would have to talk to someone who's more knowledge, knowledgeable about the statistics.
1: Yeah, well, I guess a lot of people say Jim's better because he played fewer games. He only played in like 14 games a season. And uh-huh. amassed so many yards, yeah, and fewer right. and fewer games.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. He was a war horse. Unbelievable athlete. Yeah.
1: And and when you were working with him in Hundred Rifles, did he uh right. did you see him work out a lot or what? Uh
0: we would throw the football to each other and um I at that time had a discus with me and I would throw the discus every so often and he was good at that. And um, um, I think he once tried, uh, we were playing soccer sometimes, uh, but I think he tried it once or twice. He just had great respect for all other sports, and I had great respect for, for what he had accomplished. He would have been a great geek athlete. He would have been good at anything he touched. He was just one of those rarely gifted athletes.
1: Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think he was good in lacrosse,
0: too. He was very good, apparently. He played at Syracuse, I think. He was very good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite NFL team?
0: Well, I tell you, because of Peyton Manning, I'm rooting for the Broncos, and uh, then I'm rooting for the 49ers, the only team left in California that's worth rooting for. You know, I (laughs) I was a big I was a big LA Rams fan. I remember watching the first game in 1961-62, and uh, was a fan of the Rams ever since. But then they hightailed out of LA, and I said to hell with you, I'm uh, well, no longer be a fan. <laughs> and the same thing when Al Davis, you know, pulled up the stakes and went back to Oakland. I said to hell with the Raiders. Yeah. So um, the only team that has been consistent and consistently good, and I've admired them, are the 49ers. In California, there is. Oh, oh the men, yeah. And then Brett Favre played for the Packers. I would root for the Packers.
1: Yeah, he was a war horse. Oh, he was
0: incredible. Yeah, Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, now let's see yeah. how, how Manziel will do, the guy from Texas A&M. Let's see how he will do. He, is, yeah, he reminds yeah. me of that sort of wild kind of gunslinger, attitude, you know, as a quarterback. And that's very exciting to watch, obviously. But oh, uh absolutely. Jameson Jameson Winston is 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 incredible, obviously. What an incredible quarterback. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: then don't in uh California don't forget the Montana years too. That was that was something to behold back
0: then. In Montana, I was there for a year, from fifty nine to sixty. Uh, late summer of 60, and... Uh,
1: um, no,
0: Joe Montana. Yeah. Joe Montana. Say that again? Oh, Joe Montana. Oh, I thought you yeah. were <laughs> trying to have state of Montana. Of course Joe Montana. It was a no. fantastic <laughs> So was Steve Young. So was Steve Young. And oh, yeah. Jerry Rice. My God, what a fantastic team. What a great team. Oh, yeah. Jerry Rice, one of the all-time great receivers, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh Marked as I think I had him as the number one player of all time.
0: Some kind of oh, survey was, they had a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. A, uh, what a what a nice human being. That's a nice man. Oh yeah. Yeah, the the 49ers. I I mean, my God, Joe Montana, and then who was the coach again? That white head guy. What's his name again? The coach Walsh. of the 49ers, uh, Walsh. Yeah, Bill Walsh. Great, great coach. I think he had coached at Stanford before, right? Before he went to the 49ers, I think. Yeah. Yeah, great coach. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, genius. genius. So and I think I think one of the, I think potentially one of the great quarterbacks coming up is Kaepernick. You know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of the great quarterbacks coming up.
1: No, oh, he's he's awesome. He's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, progressed so quickly. So now, what teams do you think were going to play in the Super Bowl?
0: Well, I keep on hoping the Broncos, but um you know, you obviously one has to consider Seattle, one uh, has to consider the 49ers, one has to consider the Panthers. Uh, and you never know. I mean, if if Rodgers are the, are the Packers in the playoffs now, I think they are. Aren't they yeah, I think they are. If they are, you never know with Rodgers, listen, all kinds of stuff happens in the playoffs. Come around, and that's what makes it exciting. I don't know. Hmm. I'm hard yeah, uh, mining with it all.
1: Well, it sure looks that way. I think they have a uh, home field throughout the playoffs, so it really looks good
0: for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, wait a minute. Are the who is playing the Packers this Sunday, or is who's playing the Packers this Sunday? Forty ers yeah. Yeah. I think but it's they're tomorrow. They're playing, uh, they're playing at Lambeau Field, right? They're playing at Lambeau I Field. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. That ain't too good for the 49ers, is it? I don't know. Nope. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's switch to uh, boxing. Now, I know you, yep. you were personal friends uh, with the late Ken Norton. How did you meet him?
0: Yeah. Kenny. Uh, I met him years ago somewhere, but then I'd hired him for a film I did, The Man Who Came Back. And um, um, just, and he used to work out in a gym called the Hoover Street Gym in, in, on 78th and Hoover in, in the ghetto in L.A. And I used to work out there in the late 70s and 80s. And he had been there before, and I knew a lot of the guys who, who worked with him. And... Um, just always admired him, you know. Um, I think at least one of those fights against Ali, I think he won. But um, couldn't have been a nicer man. Big guy, strong, just a naturally strong man, and had enormous respect for him. I have enormous respect for fighters. I think what they do is just, just incredible. So um, he couldn't have been more cooperative, and, and actually does a very very fine job in the, in the film, and I enjoyed working with him and enjoyed knowing him.
1: Yeah, he, he, was, a, he was a great fighter, and uh, he was in there with the best, you know. That was you a bet. great era in boxing the 70s.
0: You bet. You bet. Um, I'm friends with George Chivalo, the Canadian heavyweight. We've met several mm-hmm. times, and uh, what a brawler he was. Whoa. He was never yeah. kno- he was never knocked down, never not once. And mm. he fought them all. He fought Ali. He fought them all. Fought Ali, uh, yeah. <laughs> had bad bad management, bad coaching, which happens to a lot of people in the business. But what a brawler! Whoa. Um, yeah. Enormous respect for those guys.
1: Yeah, Shavalo, I think actually uh, sent Ali to the hospital. I think he, he uh, beat his kidneys up, pretty good
0: uh, just you know body blows exactly yeah, yeah. he did he did yeah he did. that's right and uh, I met Chivano the night that he before he went he and his wife went to uh, Joe Frazier's funeral and mm. uh, another warrior Joe Frazier my god almighty what a fighter and how sad oh, that yeah. how sad that relationship was between Ali and, and Frazier Ali yeah. was not very nice to Fraser. I must say, I admire Ali a right, great deal, right. but he was not very nice to Fraser. No.
1: Yeah, because I think Fraser actually wrote a letter to Nixon to try to, uh, you know, for clemency. You know, when he was going through the well, whole not only that vast, I think uh,
0: controversy. I think, he, I think he also lent him money, and um, um, Ali was was not very nice to Fraser. I don't think. Um, yeah I, th- I saw so admire Ali for many other reasons that uh, one, you know we all have one or two people in life that we don't like particularly so um, I understand but what that yeah. thriller in Manila, the thriller in Manila to me was one of the biggest one of the greatest fights I've ever seen ever seen just extraordinary
1: I think Ali said it's the closest he ever came to death was that yeah
0: egg. yeah it yeah. was over 90 degrees humidity, it was over 110 degrees heat. I mean, it was un- unbearable. I don't know how they did it. I honestly don't know how they did it.
1: Wow, yeah. Were you a good boxer?
0: No. No, no, no. <laughs> I just, no, 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 no. You just... Uh, you, did, you
1: never sparred?
0: Well, I sparred, yes. But uh, okay. was I a good boxer? Well... Well, it's, it's, I hate to bullshit about sports, you know. I'm very good in the street, let's put it that way. And, or can okay. be. And okay. uh, I, I can hold my own, I held my own, but no, you can't, unless you really f- do it fully professionally, it's nonsense to talk about it, you know? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no, you, you can't. I have too much respect for it. Much too much respect Yeah, Sparred with a few people, but I have much too much respect for it. No, I would not say yeah, that. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. Trust yeah, me, I've done it enough to <laughs> you know how brutal it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm, it sure is. Yeah.
1: Now, do you think that a MMA fighter Anderson Silva can make a comeback?
0: No. No, I think he's finished. Okay. <laughs> and, well, I'll tell you why. I, I had great admiration for him. And he, of course, mm-hmm. made the mistake that a lot of... Uh, uh, this is the problem. When athletes, primarily fighters, when they yeah. win, when they win uh, continuously, they build up mm-hmm. in their own minds and in the audience's mind uh, a sense of omnipotence, a sense of we mm-hmm. can't be beaten. And look what happened to Tyson. Tyson had that mm-hmm. brutal wake-up call in, when he fought in Tokyo, and against uh, what's his name again, Buster Douglas, was it? Yeah, right. And yep. that when, when when that happens to people, that, that even happens to you know people in the street. They're used to beating people up, and they get knocked on their ass once or twice. It changes their whole outlook very quickly. Mm. And yeah. it, it's one of the most dangerous things to to become imbued with the thought that you are unbeatable, that you are omnipotent, that nothing can touch you. When you begin mm. to develop that feeling, uh, you are uh, you are going down the wrong road. And yeah. what happened to Anderson Silva is that he got cocky, and he got hit with a left hook the famous left hook that knocks everyone down, but that Weedman, or Whiteman, whatever his name is, caught him with the left hook, and that was it. That's all she wrote, that knockdown. Mm. And you saw how Anderson Silva, how he came into the ring during the last fight. He was, oh my God, he went down, he meditated, he prayed, he did all kinds of things. I knew then that he had lost that edge. You need that edge, Mm. and you need that Mm. cockiness in sports, and you need that anger, that fire. He had no fire in him. None. None whatsoever. Mm. But during the last fight, he well. had none. I saw it when he walked into the ring. I said, oh, this does not bode well. He, you know, he's praying to whatever God he was praying to and 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 was meditating and all that. None of that is good for uh, going into the ring. You go to the ring, you better be loaded for bear. And, um... That's a devastating injury. And Reedman, he trained in Muay Thai boxing. You you train uh, uh, defensively by lifting your knee, your leg, so that a guy hits your knee with a shin. And that is not too comfortable in this case. It's <laughs> devastating. Devastating.
1: Woo! Yeah. I'm friends mm-hmm. with a guy
0: who was world champion in Muay Thai boxing, uh, Rob Kamen. We have worked out... Uh, together a number of times he coaches my son as well and uh, these guys have shinned so hard it's unbelievable unbelievable mm. um hmm. anyway i know i don't think Silva will come back i really don't that's that's yeah no
1: yeah i think he's he's pretty much done yeah so this is a Bit of a trick question. You probably know it, but uh, you know boxing is not as popular as it used to be, but who is the WBA heavyweight champion? Was it one of the touch goes? No. Nope. I'll give you one more
0: chance. Uh one second. No Google. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I I don't I don't have it in front of me. I wouldn't know how to let's see. Is he another Russian or? I don't know. Another who he is.
1: Russian, uh-huh.
0: Another Russian guy. Alexan- uh, yeah, a- Alexander. Yeah, Alexander. Whatever. Alexander,
1: Alexander uh, po- po, uh, Povetkin.
0: With yeah, Povetkin. Yep, yeah. Povetkin. Yeah, but he yep. just lost to, didn't he just lose? <laughs> didn't he just lose <coughs> to Vladimir? Uh, uh, beats me. <laughs> Vladimir Klitschko <laughs> like, like had a fight in Moscow. And uh-huh. he beat... I think he beat that guy, if I'm not oh, mistaken. No, okay. Maybe it was yeah. in a title fight, I'm not <laughs> sure. But the reason the heavyweight division has gone down so much in popularity is because it has been arraigned over by, by the two brothers, Vladimir Vitaly Klitschko. Simple as it is. Yeah. They beat, they beat all comers. Mm-hmm. And, of mm-hmm. course, over here we don't like to hear that. Well, that's the bitter truth. Right. And I, I told Larry Merchant about 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I said, wait till the Eastern Europeans and the Russians come. When that, when that iron curtain goes down, just wait. He said, oh, no, they're, they're much too. I said, you just wait. You think you got boys here who grew up in tough times? Nothing compared mm-hmm. with the tough times of growing up in Eastern Europe of Russia. Nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Luxury compared with that. Trust me. Hmm. So I knew when those boys came over here, they would, uh, they would start uh, uh, raising havoc, and um, I turned out to be right about that. When when Vitali Klitschko fought Lennox Lewis, uh, I was at his training camp here in L.A. for a few days, and and, and because the, his trainer is a friend, Fred Zunick. And I talked to a lot of the sparring partners, all big Mm -hmm. uh, black guys who, uh, some of them knew me, and and so I asked them afterwards, what what is it like sparring with him?" They said, that Mm -hmm. son of a bitch hits like a horse. And Mm. they had enormous power in their punches, their clutch enormous power. Very stiff kind of, but enormous power. And... um, so there's a reason they they were, who, they are who who they are. They're very powerful, mm-hmm. great athletes, very bright. So, um, but obviously their careers have come to an end. So I don't know if boxing will ever really. Yeah, it has always gone through ups and downs, hasn't it? Um, yeah, it has. I mean, the golden era, obviously, of Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali, Ken Norton. Chuvalla, all those guys is gone, or Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler and, and, and uh, um, Tommy Hearns. I mean, my God. Duran, what great oh, fighters they were. What a great time that was. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. To me, one of the greatest feats in boxing was Sugar Ray Leonard's fight against Marvin Hagler. And Sugar Ray had laid off for five years and came back, and he beat Marvin Hagler, who was then one of the fiercest. Fighters in the world, and yeah, I will yeah. never forget that. And I take my hat off to Sugar Ray ever since. That's to me one of the great athletic feats of all time. After a five year layoff, yeah, I agree. You don't go back in the ring and fight the toughest guy, you know, in the world, which Marvin Hagler was then, and beat him. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was fierce, and that was. It was great that he stood in toe to toe with him too. Are amazing. you kidding?
0: Sugar Ray was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, I'm curious uh, about your path to the National German Youth Championship back in high right. school.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So how did, you, how did that come about?
0: Uh, well, I was in track and field from the age of 12 on. Why? It's because between the age of 9 and 12, I had four brain concussions from different sports, uh, mostly uh-huh. ice hockey. Mostly ice hockey, uh-huh. and they forbade me to engage in any contact sport. So, soccer was out, and boxing was out, which I was interested in from early on. And uh-huh. so I joined a track and field team, and I was always strong. So I was in discus, javelin, and shot put, and we won the. German youth championship with the smallest team in Germany that has ever won the championship, maybe Rendsburger TSV. And we beat Munich and Hamburg and Berlin and, and all the Cologne and all the big teams. And uh, my disciplines were discus, jabber, and shot put. And I substituted in the 110 hurdles and the 400 meters. So there you are. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and then uh, skipping forward later on, I know you played uh, semi-pro soccer.
0: I played, in the highest, I played then in the highest league here in America, which is semi-pro league, and this was the great uh-huh. Los Angeles Soccer League, and a team called the Maccabees. And we had seven Israelis on the team, two to- token Germans, I was one of them, and two uh, players from the Ethiopian national team. And uh, two Brazilians and a Mexican player. And uh, we beat everyone in America. And we won the final against the Cleveland Italians in 1973. Hmm. Yep. And I scored the first goal, which was the penalty. I, I kicked penalties for five years. And never missed in five years. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So those two championships were two of my happiest moments in my life, I must say. They mean more to me than, you know, most things.
1: Right, yeah, more than the Emmy,
0: more than... (laughs) Yeah, I must say, except the the Star on the Walk of Fame, that meant a great deal to me, a lot to me.
1: Yeah. Because I remember coming to this town at
0: the age of 19 and not knowing anyone and and, uh, doing all kinds of odd jobs. And, you know, when I stood there... Uh, years and years later, and received the star, and, and I just, wow, and it just suddenly, it all ran by my inner eye, you know, all the years I would spent in this town, and climbing the ladder, slowly but surely. And, um, yeah, it, it meant a great deal to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So now who do you think is going to win
0: the World Cup? Well, um, obviously, I hope Germany will, but I don't think they will. Not with that coach. I don't think that coach can inspire anyone. Um,
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I honestly don't. I, I it's, it's the worst coach they could have chosen. Um, but the people who run who run the uh, soccer federation in Germany, a bunch of bureaucrats who sit on their asses and make decisions, and uh, mm. are loath are loath to change their minds. That guy should have been fired after the European Championship. uh, Mm. But as far as potential is concerned, I think the Germans have uh, great potential, but they will not win it. I think it is Brazil, uh, most likely Brazil, and I think one can't count out uh, Argentina. Uh, If Argentina gets its act together, which they usually do when they play in South America, uh, and if Messi is healthy, I think they have a good chance. Um, beyond that, well, Spain is obviously um, one of the favorites. I think Italy is always dangerous, as Germany has always been dangerous. Um, that's about it. It'll be between Brazil, Argentina, Germany, Spain, I think. Now, there's a chance for an outsider here and there, or a lesser uh, famous team. You never know. But the Germans are tough. They've been in more semi-finals and finals. I think than almost anyone, other than Brazil. So and Italy yeah. has been very successful. So um, I can hardly wait. I'll tell you that.
1: No, I, I don't like. The, I don't
0: like the German the, the, coach.
1: Okay, <laughs> that's no. well established. Just so what's some memorable World Cup games? you've seen over Any, years, any so. coach
0: who stands by the sidelines during an important game and chews his fingernails, as that guy did during the European Championship, should get the hell off the field. I'd have fired him immediately. Are you kidding me? Do you know what I'm saying? The guy was standing at the sidelines and chewing his fingernails because he was so nervous. <laughs>
1: what kind of a <laughs> man is that? Give me a break. Yeah, that's right. Good yeah, that's Crazy. Anyway, God, yeah, yeah. But I was I was getting at some uh, some of the memorable World Cup games you've seen over the years. Well, the
0: most memorable, obviously, for me was Germany against England in 1966. You know, Mm -hmm. whenever whenever I meet a Brit, we all inevitably start talking about the 66 World Cup. And now, of course, we all have developed a sense of humor about it. But I always say you didn't win that damn thing uh, without a Russian linesman. So <laughs> took a linesman, to, took a Russian linesman to decide whether the ball that hit under the crossbar uh, crossed the line when it came down. And yeah. the Germans, of course, claim it didn't cross the line, and the bits claim it did. So the argument goes on and on and on. Right. Yeah. So but beyond that obviously when Germany won the World Cup. In nineteen fifty four they won the first World Cup. I will never forget that. I was twelve years old, listening to it on the radio. I'll never forget that. Never. Oh yeah. Never forget that. That was after the war. That was the only thing that Germany could feel proud about, uh, in, in I don't know how many years after devastating loss during the Second World War. Um that was the first thing the Germans could be proud about: was winning the World Cup in 1954 against Hungary and Switzerland. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it.
1: Yeah. Wow! Fantastic! Fantastic. Yeah. Are you big on the uh, Olympics?
0: Uh, winter Olympics or summer Olympics? Either one. Yeah. Well, summer Olympics. Uh, let most... say winter. Um. Yeah, I watch some of it. You know, I have great respect for what they do, enormous respect. Uh, am I deeply emotionally interested? No. Uh, Summer Olympics? Yes. I, I love, because of track and field, obviously. I love that stuff. I love that stuff. And uh, the only thing that, that is sort of a sideshow that doesn't interest me, or, or let's say that it... it sort of infuriates me to hear about it over and over again, is uh, the the drug issue, the steroid use issue. You know, they have used steroids since the 1960s. They all have. For them to claim they haven't is bullshit. Anyone who was 100, 200, 400, 110 hurdles on the weight events or the decathlon use steroids. Give me a break. It's bullshit to claim otherwise and I think what should be done about that issue is that they should say, we can't prevent it. Let us now see how we can profit from it. Obviously, it Mm. must do some good. The long-term effects, however, obviously are very bad, supposedly. Uh, Mm. They should finally come out with long-term studies involving that stuff.
1: They certainly have
0: enough, enough years I claim they've used it since 1968, the Olympics in Mexico, internationally, here in America and everywhere else. And yeah. so they, they have enough data, I think, to know what the deleterious effects of steroids are in the long term and what the positive effects are in the short term. Um, I've never played with it. I think it's it's too dangerous. We know too little about it. And But... On the Olympic level, and I think, I, I presume, and this is a presumption, I don't know, but you cannot tell me that it's not used in football. Give me a break. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. How do you, how yeah. do you, how, look, when you are a father of a kid who is 6'4, 6'5, and his chances of getting a scholarship at Stanford or Michigan or wherever the hell, they are, Alabama, Texas, what? you're, you're going you're gonna to say, no, son, I don't want to use steroids to become stronger because, and if you don't, then you may not have a chance to play at Texas A&M or Alabama or USC or whatever. Are you kidding me? It's, it's, That's it's, right.
1: That's right.
0: Of course. Come on. It's the biggest hypocrisy in the world. The yeah. biggest hypocrisy in the world. I think what we should do is simply say, um, have athletes sign a contract, it says, if you use steroids, you take this or that chance with your life. Mm, and yeah, it's be, very dangerous. be open about it. Be open about it. Yeah. And, and show me the guy who wins 100-meter sprint or uh, wins on the offensive line of a football team without using steroids. Show him to me. I want to see. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Compare yeah.
0: them. Compare them openly. You're kidding me? Exactly. So exactly. it's, 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 um, it's it's a sore subject with me because I think it is so utterly hypocritical. You know? Yeah. You will not I and you I'm cannot right. compete, I don't think, in the 100, 200, 400, hurdles or in the, in the weight events or in weightlifting or in explosive sports like football without using this stuff. I don't think you can. Right. Unless, you a, yeah. unless you have an even playing field and you eliminate it from all sports, it would be wonderful if we could do that. But you and I know that ain't going to happen. Yeah.
1: So you probably have a pretty sore opinion of uh, Lance Armstrong.
0: Well, the point is, uh, what I have a bad opinion about is that he, he he made all the others look like fools for a while. And... and um, but he's not the only one. I don't blame him. I don't blame him for doing mm. that. I don't blame him. I blame him for mm. denying it for as long as he has. You know? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, it's, it's... Look, you show me the athlete, world-class athlete, to right. his raise his hand and say, I have never used it, and I'm not using it now, but I'm beating the pants of everyone else. You show him to me. I'm gonna see that athlete. <laughs> it's
1: bullshit. Well, I don't know if he I don't know if he exists. No, he doesn't.
0: Guarantee you <laughs> he doesn't. Wait till they find out about the Jamaicans. I'm not saying yeah. anything but I... listen, are you kidding me? I just don't think it, it Yeah. anyway. You know. Then you yeah. must know how it goes in track and field. Obviously track and field has fallen out of favor with a lot of people because of the drug issues but do you honestly think that the organizers of the Zurich Games or other London Games or the Oslo Games or or the Olympic Trials here in America, do you honestly think they don't close both eyes and say, well, hmm, right. (laughs) If you and I go to a track, track, maybe we want to see the fastest guy in the world. Or the guy who throws the fathers or jumps the fathers or whatever. You know? That's what we're trying to see, yeah. That's right, exactly. Yeah. That you've seen
1: is amazing. <laughs>
0: yes. I just think people should come clean about that issue, and we could all learn from it. Because if steroids help an athlete overcome uh, injuries more quickly, my God, it must be doing something for the civilian population, for the rest of us who may need it sometimes. Yeah. But if it proves, has proven to be very deleterious and very negative in the long run, well, then we should all stay away from it. Um, but the testing yeah. methods, yeah. I don't think are honest. I don't think they test them honestly. I really don't. And don't no, tell me for no, one moment think that the, like... the Carl Lewis and Ben Johnson situation the 1988 Seoul Olympics, that's not a clean issue at all. Not at no, all. No, no. No. Not at all. No. Ben Johnson was found to use steroids, and uh, rumor has it that the other guy used human growth hormone. So, I mean, Mm. who the hell knows who did what. But was it clean? No. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: So uh, let's talk about some other sports you follow.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What other sports? Yeah, like... Baseball,
1: basketball.
0: Baseball, I I can't. I can't really say anything about. I don't know the game too well. Uh, I really can't say anything about that. Uh, I, I, I have no. I'm just stunned by the amount of money they make. So. Yeah. I'm just stunned (laughs) by the amount of money they make, and I keep on trying to figure out how the how the hell the teams make that kind of money. How can they pay those guys that much money? I guess it's the amount of games they play, or whatever. I mean, I,
1: I don't, right.
0: I, I don't understand it enough. I respect pitchers and respect the hitters. I mean, I respect it all, um, but I don't know enough about it to be frank with you. Mm. Then what about basketball? Well, uh, that's a different, different story. I am a big fan, obviously a big fan of the Lakers. Um, what a What a disaster that is, uh, since the old man passed away, he was a genius. I'm afraid that whoever took over doesn't not know the asthma holding so um, yeah no i, I just uh, no and, and it's it's, it's yeah. no i i no further comment necessary. It saddens me a great deal. Uh, mm. I think uh, when they bypassed Phil Jackson and Jeannie genie Bus should have been running the whole club. Phil Jackson should have been uh, the coach. What they did to him is, is unforgivable, as far as I'm concerned. Unforgivable. Mm. But you know what they say, the old Oedipus legend, when the sons tried to undo the fathers. You know? Right. I just cannot help but uh that we are watching an edible uh, saga being played out, that the son is undoing what the father has built up. That's what it seems like right now.
1: Yeah, trying to blaze his own path, you know.
0: No hmm. he's destroying what the father built up. So Yeah. It, it's it's <laughs> it's I think. You know? Yeah. Uh, and the yes, coach they yeah, had yeah. this D'Antoni guy I don't know what he's doing there but um, mm. you know um, Phil Jackson should have continued to be the coach and Ginny Bath should have run, run the club and yeah. it would have been different but listen all yeah. teams go through these ups and downs uh, meanwhile I have enormous respect for the team in Indiana I uh, think the Pacers are incredible uh, obviously uh The Heat are such a loaded team when it comes to talent. And Oklahoma is a tough team, but I think they have a number of injuries now. Uh, San Antonio I've I've, uh, always admired, you know. Big fan of of Duncan and, and Parker and all those guys. And the Clippers are a loaded team. But I've never been a fan. I'm a fan of the Lakers. I've been a fan of the Lakers since 1961. So uh, I'm I'm a loyal person, so I cannot root for the for the Clippers. I simply can't. But uh, yeah, right. I think it'll be a long time coming before we root for the for, you know for the Lakers again. If they get some next yeah. season, get some good players, maybe someone like Camilo Anthony or uh, Kevin Love, uh, who wants to come to L.A. I think, or Westbrook. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Former UCLA players mm. playing for the Lakers—that'd be fantastic. But um, yeah. and of course, you know, the f- most incredible yeah. athlete to watch is LeBron James. What an athlete! What an athlete!
1: Yeah, yeah, he's going to be one of the best. Yeah. yeah. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Miami.
0: And so, Kobe, 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 Kobe—it's—it's—you know—it's sad to watch. I mean, what what a warrior that man was! What a player, and still is. I think I still have not given up on him. If anyone can come back from all this stuff, it's Kobe. You know, I have yeah. the deepest respect for him. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He's he's one of the great, one of the all-time greats. Okay, yeah. so we're coming up on the last few minutes here. I want you to talk to me about now. You you're definitely an athlete. Talk about the mental side of the game, and what it takes for an athlete to perform well under pressure.
0: I think, hmm, I think it is... you just have to have an, an, a deeply abiding passion. You have to want to win. You just have to have a passion and that passion is one you want to win it's 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 as soon as you i remember uh, when i played competitive soccer i had learned how to meditate and i stopped doing that because meditating before games forget it forget it because it takes (laughs) all it takes all the aggression out of you it makes Mm. you very calm and you can't be You, you need you need to have that fire in your belly You need to say, Mm -hmm. I'm going to beat that guy. I'll beat you. I'm going to beat you. You know, if athletes tell you any of that bullshit is nonsense, that's for the public. Mm -hmm. Athletes, in the moment you get on the playing field, I want to beat that guy. Whatever it takes, I want to beat you. That's what it takes. It needs that, that, that fire in the belly. And I don't know where you learn it. You learn it in childhood, or I don't know where you learn it. I've always had it. And, and, and that doesn't mean that afterwards you don't shake hands and, and, you know, have a few beers or whatever. Obviously, even after a fight, you do that if you're a man. If you come from the world of sports, you call each other all kinds of names on the court or on the playing field, whatever it is, on the ring. But afterwards, you shake hands because you have respect for the guy who gave you such a hard time. You know? Yeah that's respect. That's why that's why sports are so important. It teaches you to come back from defeat, it teaches you respect for another human being. No matter what race, no matter what ethnic group, no matter what country comes from. And trust me, we have all athletes have all encountered that. So you learn respect for other human beings, no matter where they're from. No matter of what uh, racial background, of what ethnic background, of what religious background. When you've been in the playing field together, on the ring together, wherever it is, you respect the other human being because he gave you a hard time. And you stop with all the stupid prejudices about this country or that country or that ethnic group or that ethnic group. You learn to respect your opponent. That's the great thing about sports. Great thing about sports. And I think the worst thing people can do or the educational system can do is to eliminate sports from the school program. They need to do it. They also need to empower kids who are not athletically that gifted. Teach the coaches in schools how to empower those who are not necessarily so gifted so they don't go out later on and buy guns and start shooting up people because they want to feel empowered. No. Put two nerds together in a boxing ring, whatever it is, and say, okay, boys, you both are of equal size, equal power, let's see what you can do. And you'll be amazed how yeah. courageous some, some of these people are. But they're being ignored yeah. because all we do in, in high school now and college and all that, we look for the best, never mind the rest. That's wrong. That's a big mistake. A big mistake.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely.
0: But now, that's, What,
1: what, the uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What lessons have you have you taken from the world of sports, if any, have you brought into acting?
0: To keep on coming back, to try again, to do it better, to keep on improving, to keep on improving, to keep on wanting to be better. That's what sports teaches you as well. You keep on wanting to do better. And 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 that lesson you you actually learn for life you know it's never good enough come on do it better do it better do it better right and 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 it's it's a driving force so and you're knocked down get back up do it again you do a bad performance come on next time do it again do it better and right. um, it's a driving a driving force yeah
1: absolutely absolutely well, Eric, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. I love your stories. You're very knowledgeable. You're very, you're you're just a, a renaissance man, and I just really love hearing your stories and the the energy you bring to these shows.
0: Thank you, my man. I appreciate it, and I I enjoy being here oh, yeah, with you, you. All right. Oh you hey, know?
1: thanks for the compliment. All right.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. And, and don't absolutely. Now, the Redskins, unfortunately, are not in the playoffs anymore, are they?
1: I'm a Ravens fan.
0: Oh, you're a Ravens fan. Baltimore oh, Ravens. Yeah. Fan. Well,
1: yeah, just, yeah, just up the road in Baltimore.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so yeah we yeah.
1: did all right last year. Not so yeah, much Yeah, you actually year, did though. pretty well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Flacco yeah. yeah. signed. Yeah, Flacco well. should be nice and comfortable. He signed a big contract. He sure did. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I
1: think Ray Lewis. Well. Ray Lewis was the inspirational.
0: Uh, Ray Lewis I think the was the
1: inspirational crowd. spark for the.
0: I yeah. that I love that guy. He was incredible.
1: Yeah. Wow,
0: man. Ray Lewis, <laughs> what a whoa. Oh yeah, what a warrior. But I've known a few yeah. over the years. Yeah. I don't know him, but I mean in football you have so many wow. Uh yeah. what what a what a game that is. To me it's the most exciting game there is in the world, period. So uh oh, I absolutely if, I don't know if it's the healthiest game, but it certainly is the most exciting game. <laughs> Oh, display.
1: yeah, it's dangerous,
0: but the best to watch. It's the, the sport yeah. of
1: kings, the sport of kings.
0: It's unbelievable. Another game I love yeah, is rugby. Rugby is a good game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's, that's really tough. Where they
1: don't have to Well, the, <laughs>
0: the point, though, is we could learn from that. If we, if we took off the helmets in football and took off all the padding, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, I, I think you might have less injuries. I really do. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, because the helmets, I think, give you a false sense of security. In boxing, for example, you know when they put the, the headgear on you, the headgear yeah. doesn't. The headgear does not prevent any conca- concussion at all. It prevents you from getting cut. That's all. A helmet mm. simply prevents you from getting skull fractures, but it does not prevent you from being concussed at all. At all. Yeah. Right. You know, look at what happened now to. That poor guy, Schumacher, my God almighty, one of the greatest race car drivers ever. He's in a coma now because of a skiing accident, you know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, the brain. The back, we could talk on again. and on about sports. We could. We and, could. And so, well, one Aaron, guy I admire, one guy I admire as a, as a journalist, as a, as a sports reporter, is Steve Naismith. I have great respect for that guy. He knows what he's talking oh, about.
1: Oh, yeah. He's one of the best.
0: And and Skip Bayless, I must say, ain't too bad either. I, I, yep. I watch that show a lot. I like that show. Great respect for both of them. All right, Dave. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well, Eric, just have a, a blessed year and uh,
0: be cool. <laughs> yeah, you be cool, too, my man. All right? All, I, all right. I appreciate it. definitely will. It. Happy New Year to you. Yes. And to all your listeners. Yes,
1: Happy New Year to you. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. And let me leave you with this quote from Proverbs seventeen, seventeen: A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Good night.